Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I am very pleased to have my guest, Shannon Kirkendall. And let me tell you a little bit about Shannon. She is the an inspiring female entrepreneur on a mission to empower the female founders. As a founder of Link Her In, that's L-I-N-K, capital H-E-R as it should be, in LLC, Shannon helps bridge the gap between small business owners and their marketing needs. She is a fractional CMO, LinkedIn expert and trainer, lead generation strategist, and digital marketing partner. The perfect mix to ensure success for any startup. Shannon's love for travel shines through her spirit and she recently visited 22 countries in two years, soaking up various cultures and digital marketing, refining her skill set with her new experience. Her enthusiasm for that digital marketing is contagious, and her power to bring out the best in each project is unparalleled. Shannon is ready to put her expertise to work and help you achieve your goals. So let's get started with this podcast. We're going to talk about email marketing and CRMs. And I know some of you know exactly what that is and others are like, oh, they tell me I need that. <laughs> So let's just welcome Shannon Kirkendall to my podcast. Hi, Vicki. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is oh, awesome. It's my pleasure. I always like to talk about marketing and CRMs and any and LinkedIn, all those things. I, I really try to connect people with solutions. And I think these are some areas that, you know, you need to do it. You don't want to do it. You don't know how to do it. You don't know what to do. Everybody's telling you what you should use. And there's so many tools and things and you just become so confused. So we're going to try to uncover some of the things, but maybe give you out there that are listening some guidance that will at least give you a stepping stone to maybe a solution. So Absolutely. we always ask simple question. Simple question is, Tell the audience, where do you live right now? So I'm currently in Portland, Oregon. Uh, when uh, the pandemic hit, which 
thankfully I'd stopped traveling. So I stopped traveling in uh, July of 2019. Oh, uh, I needed a break. And my daughter lives in uh, Vancouver, Washington, which is literally like right over the bridge uh, from Portland. It and is. so, so yeah, I came home because I wanted to be closer to my daughter. Um, she's trying to get pregnant and build a family. So, and I, uh, yeah, it was just time to take a break. Two years is a long time without coming back to the United States. Yeah. And, uh, and then the pandemic happened. So I was grateful that I was home and situated and not stuck someplace needing to get back here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. you just skirted in. I know I was traveling for Toastmasters as a region advisor from July to December in 2019. And then um, all as they say, all things changed. And, yes. Uh, but it was funny because I, I teach public speaking and leadership. And I met my district was in California. And my I would be visiting all these people, longtime Toastmasters. And they were complaining about traffic and, you know, d- density. California is so crowded and we can't open new clubs, all this kind of stuff. And I says, well, you should just do some hybrid meetings where you can have people online as in well as in person, or if they can't get out of their office in time to get to your meeting location, you can just do it, you know, online. Oh, no, that will never work. That's just, there's no way. And then the pandemic hit. And I was like a genius. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I've been working from home since 2005 before yeah. it was really a thing. Um, and then from 2015 to 2019, testing out the fact that where there was Wi-Fi, I could work anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoom is a wonderful tool. And I think everybody was surprised at how easy it was that they could actually go virtual yeah. um, and how much money it saved by going virtual um, although I do love, I am happy to be back out and, and meeting people face to face again, because yeah, when sure. you do work from home, you miss that you miss, mm. you know, like if I was working in an office, you know, someone might peek over the cubicle to say, hi, I miss those kinds of things sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Funny. It's, um, the holidays right now. And I took a, a seasonal job and that <laughs> part of it was, to get the discount in this location <laughs> but also <laughs> what i what i'm finding is that i the interaction with the customers has been so fun and allows me to not only talk to wonderful people across the world but also across the counter <laughs> which is <laughs> kind of nice too exactly you do exactly. that person to person so what inspired you to become this entrepreneur. I always ask people about their journey and the path that took them to from where they were to where they are today. So share a little bit about your story. So um, I had a lot of different jobs in my lifetime prior to becoming an entrepreneur. And uh, it was I was in a job where I was the sales assistant to a sales team. We sold uh, dental software 
and I wasn't feeling very fulfilled. I'd always known I wanted to start my own business and I had done the MLM and that's just not me. I, I, you know, the, like, I need to call all my friends and family to sign up for my MLM kind of thing. That's not for me. I needed something that was completely separate from that, but I still didn't know what that was. Um, and I allowed myself to get fired from the job because I knew that I needed to be home in order to really figure out what it is mm -hmm. I wanted to do. Um, but I needed to be able to collect unemployment to do that. Mm -hmm. And so during that process, you know, you have to actively look for work when you're on, on unemployment. And so I was actively looking for work. And this gentleman reached out to me because of my vast experience, even though I was helping a sales team, I knew how to build websites, mm -hmm. hand coded. Um, I could do data entry. I had a lot of customer service and I was just really highly technical. And, and I had um, event management services. So mm -hmm. helping with the event management. And yeah. so this gentleman reached out to me, he saw my resume and he was like, I think you're the perfect fit to help me with my business. He uh, worked for a company called Roland and Roland is a food expert. Uh, importer from other mm -hmm. countries. And so he was a distributor for them and he needed somebody to process the invoices when an order came in. So he'd go to the restaurant, get their order, and then he'd send it to me to send to Roland. So I, I did all of that. And before I got started for the job, I was like, he, he was like, well, the, you know, I do need you to come to Beaverton. And I'm like, you know what? I live in Vancouver. Like that's a really long drive and a lot of big commute. And the whole reason that I wanted to be in Vancouver was because I didn't want to have to do the commute. Plus mm -hmm. the taxes don't roll over. In Vancouver, we don't pay income tax. Mm -hmm. In Oregon, it's the income tax is a little ridiculous. Yeah. And he said, well, I only need you to come to Beaverton for a week. He's all, I just need to train you on the system. And then after that, you can work from home. And I was like, oh, this yes. is great. <laughs> like, I've been wanting to do something like that. Mm -hmm. And so he only, once I got through all the training, he only had 15 hours available for me each week. And so I needed more. I needed more hours. And so after a couple of months, I started doing my own research. And back in 2002, or excuse me, back in 2005, people were sending those big, huge, long sales pages that just went on forever and ever and ever and probably repeated the same thing at least 10 times. Mm -hmm. But I would build those out. But I started doing research because I was trying to find another side gig that I could do from home. And I came across a company that looked for people who would, do, who would be virtual assistants. Mm -hmm. And so dug a little deeper and I started to do some work for them, but I was only making like $10 an hour for them. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, they're charging more than what I'm being paid, which means they're the middleman. Mm -hmm. Well, I knew how to build a website. I know how to sell myself. So I built my own website, put myself out on Upwork. And within a week, I got a call from a gentleman who wanted me to build out his sales pages for his internet marketing business. Mm -hmm. And I was making about $2,000 a month mm -hmm. from him doing that. And that's how it all got started. Nice. And so I was a virtual assistant, a technical virtual assistant. I worked with coaches, authors, and speakers. I did that up until 2015 when out of all of that experience, it was time to give myself a raise, time to update the business. And I became a full service marketing agency. Mm -hmm. uh, 
that only lasted for a couple years because I can't be all things to everything, you know, like it's trying to be the full service just wasn't going to work. Um, and so I had my first big major fail after about a year and a half of that, but that fail led me to LinkedIn Mm. and LinkedIn has been my like ongoing, it's a system that I've created that I've set up and my business has stayed in business since then, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a, uh, with the pandemic, there was some fluctuation there. And then someone turned me on to a book called Profit First. And so with Profit First, and then being able to build my business using LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, like my business isn't going anywhere. Like I, I will have this business for as long as I choose to run it because of the systems that I have in place and that, um, I, and that I set up for other people. Good. That's awesome. See, that was a great little journey that you took. My goodness. (laughs) Lots of learning. Yes. So you talked a minute about your biggest fail. Yeah. But so how long did it take you to recover from that? Because people avoid failure at all stakes. And I always say, you know, failure is just part of life. So get over it and, and learn from the failures. You know, I learn more from failures than anything, which is, a, is a good thing because, you know, we got them all the time. So oh, what yeah. was that biggest failure and, and how long did it take you to say, okay, bootstraps up, let's just get going, get on with it. And what did we learn from this that we're not going to uh, keep this from having us go forward? So the big fail, um, was I, I had a project manager and I had four people on a team. And uh, because this is pre uh, profit first book, all right, I was riding the roller coaster wave of feast or famine, which is not a fun roller coaster to yeah. ride when you're trying to build a business. Yeah. And I was having a hard time keeping up with my payments to my team. And I was going without. And so my project manager, and here's something that I do want to If you've got somebody on your team who is really negative, guess what? Negativity breeds more negativity. It does. This gal was very negative Mm -hmm. and was constantly complaining about her money situation to someone who was already having money struggles. So it compounded the situation. Within 24 hours, she left. She quit without any notice. And I had to let go of my entire team. And I had to let go of all of my clients. Because I had no way to support them. Um, That was really embarrassing to have to have that conversation with people. Mm -hmm. um, To issue partial refunds when I didn't have the money to issue the partial refunds. Um, I did have one client stay on that I was able to help with some stuff. But for the most part, my business was gone. It was done. So I allowed myself to feel sorry for myself for about a week. That was it because I knew I was going to have to bootstrap. Like I was going to have to pick up the pieces Mm -hmm. during that time that I was struggling to get and make ends meet. I did hire a coach to help me bring in sales. Like what, what is it that I need to do? What am I missing? How come I'm not bringing in more sales calls? Cause my job as the founder is to keep the money flowing in, which Mm -hmm. means I have to be, I have to manage the sales calls. We're a small team. So I'm the, I'm the salesperson. And so she turned me on to LinkedIn. She did not give me a strategy. She just said, your people are on LinkedIn. 
And so I just figured it out. And she also told me about a tool called Duck Soup. That was, that was really it. Mm-hmm. And so I used Duck Soup and I was able to generate some leads. The problem was I had no way to fulfill. So mm-hmm. I happened to be a partner with a company called Digital Marketer out of Austin, Texas. And I reached out to the other partners. I reached out to three of them that I was really close with. And I said, hey, I'm getting leads, but I can't fulfill. I'm going to send you these leads and whoever closes, I would like a 20% referral fee. They were like, yeah, you're sending us leads. That's fantastic. So I did that for about three months. And during that three months, I was able to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew that I needed to be able to make more money. And so that's when I developed a system that worked. Um, And this was before I even incorporated content into the strategy. So before Mm -hmm. it was just doing lead gen and reaching out uh, to people via uh, the direct message. But over time, you know, LinkedIn, you know, built up some rules and we had, you know, like I've had to make major pivots, but the one thing that's held fast has been the way that I use LinkedIn for lead generation. Mm -hmm. The tools have changed. All right. But the strategy still works. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, And so, yeah, that's, you know, I, for me, I don't let myself sit there for too long um, and feel sorry for myself. That's, I just don't have it in my nature, but I do have to allow myself to feel the feelings because they're strong and it hurts and you're embarrassed. Just allow yourself to go through it, be really loving and gentle. And then it's time to pick up the pieces and move forward. Plus by taking that time for yourself, you kind of allow other ideas to come up from the well. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and that's how it, that's how it all happened. So you, you talked a lot about LinkedIn. So how, how are you using LinkedIn to be successful in your business? So for me, it's two parts. So you can't just, I mean, yeah, you could, you could just go and do lead generation. And that means sending, sending messages to people that you recently connected with. The problem with that is it, the, when you go to connect with somebody, the first thing they do is they're going to go to your LinkedIn profile and they're going to check you out. Who is this mm-hmm. person? Mm-hmm. All right. If your profile's not optimized, they're not going to know who you are or what you do within the first three seconds of visiting your profile. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're going to view my profile. And then the next thing they're going to do, they're going to see if I'm active on LinkedIn. So if they see that I haven't posted any content for months <laughs> on end, like all I'm doing is just, I'm a taker. I'm not a giver. Yeah. yeah. So you got to be both a giver and a taker. All right. You've got to give, you've got to create content. You've got to create value. You've got to tell stories. You've got to show up on LinkedIn so that when you do your lead generation outreach, they're like, you know what, maybe I'm not ready to respond to her in the DMs, but I do like what she's writing and I'm going to leave a comment. Mm-hmm. And so I get a lot of engagement uh, that way, but that's the twofold. You need to have a content strategy and then do the lead generation piece. And I, I do use automation tools to help me with my outreach, but all of my interaction is manual. So I was just going to ask that question. Do you <clears throat> Do you have now a VA <laughs> being? No, 
I, I am answering your all of your, you know, like right, right now I have uh, 13,000 replies to my podcast, you know, then I'm thinking, um, I think I need to get another VA. <laughs> uh, I think when I launch my course, that's going to be the time when I'm really going to need a VA to come in. Um, but right now I can handle everything mm -hmm. um, at the scope that it is. Um, I, when I work with my clients one-on-one, -on -one, I, my volume, I keep it low because my clients need a lot from me. I need to yeah. be available to them, which means that my price is high. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's part of the reason I've created the course is because the barrier to entry is a little too high for your solopreneur who's mm -hmm. just getting started, but really needs a system like this in place. So yeah. I've created a course to help people basically remove that barrier to entry. Awesome. That's yeah. excellent. So <laughs> my, my question kind of went through on a personal, but I have some other things in mind that I wanted to talk more about the LinkedIn. So in LinkedIn, you really need to understand who your target audience is. So, and, and, yes. In, in your services, maybe maybe in as they come and visit and talk to you, do you help them discover that if they are that startup and they really don't know who their avatar is or who that who should they be messaging in to get that and and what kind of messages do they use and and also oh, yeah. you can touch on tools too to help with messaging. Yeah, we so I we go through that like part of my onboarding process is helping them dig into more about their business um the thing with with new new entrepreneurs is they haven't gotten to that piece yet they know they need it but they still are of the mindset well i want to help everybody mm. and the thing is is you can't help everybody all right there are billions of people in the world you can't help a billion people <laughs> but maybe you could help 12. Like yeah. you've got to come down to reality and be like, okay. Um, and then, then the other thing is, is, well, what if someone comes to me that wants to work with me and they're outside of my target audience? And the thing is, is there's nothing wrong with working. I mean, if someone's coming to you and they want to work with you, that's great. It doesn't matter if they're not part of your target audience, but when you are going out to generate leads, you need to niche down, you need to have a target audience, and that's what you focus on. Yeah. Trust me, there are gonna be plenty of people from the out, from the fringes of that, on the outskirts of what your target is, that are gonna see your work and be interested in working with you, all right? Because that just because you've niched down and have a target audience doesn't mean you can't work with whoever you want, right. all right? So it's just about the outreach and really honing in on, on who you're targeting. And when people work with me, we go through that process. In fact, I have been known to send my onboarding forms back if I don't feel like their answers are adequate enough. Mm -hmm. Very good. So, yeah. yeah. Now you do have to ask a lot of questions, I think, to be able to yeah. really uncover that. So Absolutely. what marketing system should every business have in place? So, um, there needs to, you need to have, because you talked about earlier, we were talking about CRMs and email mm -hmm. marketing. All right. So when somebody comes to you and they're interested in working with you and you have that sales call, they're not necessarily going to sign up with you right there and then. 
All right. They may, you know, tell you I've got two other people I'm talking to, or I need to talk to my husband before I can make a decision. Whatever the excuse is, they're not ready to bite right now. So what are you going to do? How, are you just going to set reminders to follow up with them in a week? Or do you get your time back and you put them into a CRM where there's an email that goes out in a week after the call to follow up? And then another email will go out in two weeks to follow up. All right. Mm -hmm. That's an email follow up. All right. So everybody needs um, an email follow up campaign. The other thing is, is if you're going to create a newsletter, all right, um, you want to make sure that you've got some form of what I refer to as an introduction series of emails, which is anywhere from three to four emails that just basically introduces yourself. Mm. Like, this is me. This is, this is, you know, basically you're just saying, hey, thank you. Thanks for scheduling a call with me. I want to share some information about myself. And I want to share some of my best stuff. All right. Um, and that's, that's about three emails that go out typically before that call. So that's called an introduction series. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got to have your engagement. All right. And your engagement series is basically, so they've signed up for maybe a call or maybe they signed up for a lead magnet or your newsletter but maybe you've got courses or something that you want to sell them. All right. Mm -hmm. So engagement um, emails are about the marketing of the different things that you have to offer. All right. They, because mm -hmm. now they're on your list. Yeah. All right. Um, then there is a series of emails that people refer to as Ascension. All right. So somebody signs up for my course. All right. Yeah. Now they're going to receive a series of emails, one to keep them on track of the course. But when the course is done, I'm going to try and sell them into another course. All right. So those are Ascension. And then there's a series called re-engagement or remarketing. All right. People go silent on your list all the time. People who are silent on your list aren't good for your list. All right. So a great way to re-engage them is to send them a series of re-engagement emails that maybe give them a new offer or maybe ask them a question, you know, maybe ask them a question that gets them to re reply back to that email. Okay. All right. Maybe it's like a survey question or, you know, it's, you want to get them re-engaged so that they, you know, so that they're not going silent on your list. Yeah. For people who are just getting started, some great CRMs would be Aweber, mm -hmm. MailChimp, and Constant Contact. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Aweber, to me personally, is the best because it has a lot more features and it's not super expensive. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, as people get further into their business and they've got maybe courses and they've got like a, like they've got operations, they've got people working for them. Uh, you could use tools like keep, mm -hmm. which used to be Infusionsoft, Um, and then there's HubSpot. Um, but HubSpot, the thing with HubSpot is it's very, very, very expensive, especially if you want to have all the bells and whistles and you want it to essentially run your business. Mm-hmm. But HubSpot is an excellent tool for that. Um, it just really depends on where you're at in the business and if you have, uh, if you can manage the investment, the monthly investment for it. 
So, and that's the other thing. Anytime you make a purchase for your business, it's an investment. All right. It's not how much is it? What's it going to cost? Oh, that's expensive. No, anything that is going to help your business grow is an investment into your business, into you, and then ultimately into your family. Exactly. Very good. You gave lots of good information. Again, she said intro, email series, engagement series, and ascension series. So hopefully you took notes on that. If not, re-listen to this podcast. But great information shared there. It is time now for us to share my screen so that you can be able to connect with Shannon and be able to maybe deep delve deeper into um, marketing, email marketing and CRM with her directly. The website is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash linked her That's L I N K H E R I N.com. In LinkedIn, she is using her name, Shannon T. Kirkendall. And I'm going to let Shannon talk to you about what you can find on her website beyond what we've already talked about. Thank you. Um, so yeah, if you visit link her in, um, I offer three types of services. Uh, one is a fractional CMO. I work with uh, people or I have people who reach out all the time who just need help getting some processes set up, but they don't necessarily want me to come in and do the work. So as a fractional CMO, I'm going to come in, help them build a team, help their team get trained and show them the different systems that need to be put in place when it comes to their marketing. Okay. Um, the next service that I offer is uh, I have been doing, I've been training people on LinkedIn, um, how to set up and create uh, their content strategy and how to set up LinkedIn uh, for their lead generation. And I am now in the process of turning that into a course. Previously, it was a one-on-one. -on -one, um, and I think that I can allow a lot more people to get a system like this in place by creating a course. So that'll be coming soon. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other way is where I do have done for you services. And so I actually will uh, create the content and post it for you. You can also create the content and I can still post it for you because I have little ways of making sure that your posts get engagement, um, that you're getting lots of impressions and that uh, you look really good on LinkedIn, as well as providing all of the lead generation services awesome. as well. Sounds great. So if you need the services that she just talked about, for sure, you want to go to linkherin.com and be able to at least connect with her um, on LinkedIn itself. So those two locations, that's giving you plenty of time to get that screenshot. As a reminder, it can, this all this information will be in my show notes on YouTube, as well as find your leadership confidence. And I do write, um, when, if, they, if they go and visit my profile on LinkedIn, a lot of what we just talked about with the CRMs and the different types of campaigns, I talk about that quite a bit with the posts uh, that okay. I create on LinkedIn. So my goal is to try and provide a lot of value by, sh you know, being oh. funny and, and things of that nature. So. Well, and then you can have that engagement too. Back exactly. As you, exactly. Well, it has been great talking with you. Um, lots and lots of gr good information shared. And I had one 
quick thing that I wanted to ask you, what was the most favorite country you went to? <laughs> so my most favorite was also the one that gave me the most anxiety and that was Morocco. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I rented a car and did a road trip uh, from Marrakesh all the way to, they call it the blue city, Chefchaouen. Um, and we stayed in Fez and it was me and three other people. Um, but it wasn't the road trip that gave me anxiety. It was actually going into the Medinas uh, because oh. I don't, when I, mostly run by men in the Medina, mm -hmm. I do not like being manhandled. And mm -hmm. I, it was a big fear. Um, I did eventually get to the Medina after I got over my anxiety and I went with some friends and had some wonderful food. Um, and you know, just the Medinas are beautiful as far as like all the little things that you get to see. But once I got over that, I was, I was fine. Um, but I traveled all over the country. We went to the Sahara, we stayed in a Berber camp, um, rode the camels. I mean, mm. The country of Morocco is stunningly beautiful. I, I learned how to make tagines in the Atlas Mountains with a chef, like so many things that we did. It was a phenomenal experience. And I was there for a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it has been just wonderful chatting with you. We could probably just do a whole podcast. <laughs> my, my next my next podcast that I want to do um, is going to be called It's Just a Conversation with Vicki and um because I own that URL. I love <laughs> I that. Just, and I just want to have conversations with people that do cool things like visit 22 countries in two years. <laughs> definitely reach back out. I've got I lots definitely of stories. Will. I definitely will. We could have a series of it. All right. Absolutely. As thank you, always, Thank you so much for being a great guest. And as I remind everyone, life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.